Hello and welcome back to the Butt Pie Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver. Today I'm joined with Kyle. Hello. I'm making his uh, regular appearance. It's the one and only Jack. Hello. I'm back. How are you both, boys? Good. I'm all right. Feeling more positive after this weekend as well. Just a little bit. What was it? We were talking, Jack, after the West Brom game, thinking, you know, hopefully we can bring this momentum forward. You predicted a win. And I was like, I predicted a win. I said, a big, I said we were due a big result. So You backed, I, it. You backed Sean Maguire to score 1-0. I don't think anyone expected us to go you're probably, score. You're probably on the spot with that, though, because I did say he's probably due a goal. So, Well, yeah. I mean, you do a goal. Yeah, we've, we've got three in one game. So we've almost doubled our uh, league goals for the season, and surely you wouldn't have been expecting that, Carl, would you? Wait, Norwich. Well, I mean, I can't lie. Even with like the fans like happy with Dean Smith all the game, I was going into it thinking that team on paper is ten times better than ours in Premier League. Well, not but like what you'd expect to be challenging for the time, which they are. We turned up to their place exactly. We got. We got them down each side. Alvaro Fernandez had a field day. Max Ahrens was nothing like he normally was. And we ran them all over the park. I thought Alvaro Fernandez was fantastic, as you said. You could have seen that against Huddersfield. There was a player there and he's come out and shown it us again. He just needed a run of games, really. And now he's got into the full swing of things. And... He's showing his real attacking intent and he's linking up with Errol Reese perfectly, which, you know, you couldn't ask for more from a left wing back if you tried. Um, and then, obviously, on the other side, we've got Alan Brown, who's, you know, going forward, he, he's notoriously very, very good. And I just feel like Ryan Lowe's probably found the right balance of players and the players in the right positions at the moment. Uh, with two mm-hmm. big wins against West Brom and Norwich, you know, I'm starting to feel like he's got his players where he wants them. It's good you uh, good you mentioned Brown though, because I think he's gone from possibly one of his worst games against West Brom, where he got run by Dean, to come back and having one of his well a really good game against even better opposition. So it shows it'll just take him a bit of time to warm up to his position again, and once he gets there, he'll progress forward like you say he's brilliant at attacking so it's what you need like you can't just have can't just have one attacking player on one side of the pitch and then someone defensive on the other because you're just gonna get tired of seeing the same play down the same side of the pitch without actually testing any other players yeah Jack, do you agree no absolutely i mean if you have someone defensive on one side and then someone attacking on the other you're cut you're sort of forcing yourself into this elbow defense sort of thing where if you're tacking down one side constantly, you're you're predictable, aren't you? So it's really that's that's the issue with that. And I think Alan Brown does bring a bit of balance. And I, I and you know we we have been sort of, we have been very critical of Alan Brown this season. And I think he's probably found his best position. I, I think he's much better in right wing back than he is in central midfield because I think that allows you know players like Ali McCann to get in. But um, I think you know. Alan Brown, I think, brings good balance to that to that right wing back side uh, to, to that right wing back position. 
and really it just allows us to you know attack down his side i mean i know potts has been okay there but i fear i, I think he's very limited going forward yeah it's especially in the final third that we did mention about brad potts um on the podcast obviously and i feel like alan brown does bring a lot more going forward which you know ryan Lowe expects a lot from his wing backs and especially having alan brown on the pitch i know i know we like to have his captain on the pitch at most times. He did take him off against West Brom because he was struggling defense, struggling defensively. But, you know, having Alan Brown on the pitch in that right wing-back position, but also allowing Alan McCann to play midfield alongside Ben Whiteman's perfect. Because for me, Alan McCann's one of the first names on the team sheet. And, you know, you've, you've got Alan Brown there at right wing-back who... Yeah, he's done. He's done all right so far for me. I mean, coming up against Grady Diangana on Wednesday night, you, it's always going to be a struggle. But I thought he did well at Norwich. I, I, I didn't yeah. really have any, you know, ne- negative things to say about him defensively. I thought he was defensively sound. You know, the two goals. Um, the first one you probably put down to a Whiteman fault. You know, but he, he slid in. Um, they picked up the ball and Josh Sargent put it in the bottom corner and then, you know, Pucky just goes and knocks it past, what is it, Story, puts it into the box and no Nel Fernandez is the first to react. So, you can't really, you know, say negatively that um, Alan Brown did anything to affect the, you know, the goals, the, the Norwich City goals. I it's thought he did definitely- it's definitely the first game that I thought Alan Brown was actually is actually putting a decent performance. I'm not too sure if he's really had that good of a performance this season, and you know, and long may it continue because I, I really do prefer him on that right hand side. Um, although he did struggle against Dean Garner, but Dean Garner is just he's one, know, of <laughs> one of the best wingers probably. Yeah, uh, you know, he's got pace, power, and just the dribble ability just to beat anyone. And I think Alan Brown was always going to struggle. And I think he will struggle against maybe a few opposition wingers this season. But, but that's natural with anyone. Yeah, just, I mean... said the same about our three in defence. That's all you'd have thought, like, Lindsay and Cunningham and Hughes would have struggled against a few this season. Yet they've overcome practically every single chance that they faced themselves. They're still going with clean sheets. I mean, they conceded two on Saturday, but apart from that, like we didn't look shaky. We we always looked like we had like there's always someone there to block a shot. There's always going to be someone to win headers. So there's like they look a very sound unit together, and it's good because they keep progressing. Yeah, you, you can't have anything negative to say about our, our defense at all. You go you go into the start of the season thinking. Where, where, what do we need to improve? And I think most of us would have said centre-backs because you, you look towards it and you think, you know, on paper, at the start of the season, you're thinking, are, are these good enough? And really they've, shown that, they've yeah. shown that massively. We, we've got nine clean sheets in 12 games. Mm. And 13, 13 now. Yeah. Nine clean sheets in 13 games, which is a fantastic attribute. You know, fair play to the back three and especially to Freddie Woodman, who was fantastic once again um, on Saturday. And what, I, th- I think I saw a statistic, I think it was about the near post, that the, the second the second team with the most clean sheets is Sheffield United, who are top of the league with six, and we're here with nine. So, 
you know, you, you've got to give plaudits to not only the back line, but also Ryan Lowe because he's made us hard to beat. And, you know, we did say, yeah, it's all good and well being hard to beat, but we've got to score. And now we've started scoring and we've also been hard to beat. So we're finding the right balance and I feel like it's going to start to pay off. I think, I think, I think it's become quite evident that, you know, obviously Ryan Lowe is a very attacking manager. That's what he's built his name on, really, when he was at Barry and Plymouth. But I think it's become blatantly obvious that we probably don't have the personnel to play that style at all. You know, he really needs to be backed in order to play that style. And I, I don't, he's not he's not been backed, let's let's be honest here. And he's I think he's had to adapt with what he's got. And, you know, he, I know he's someone who said that he doesn't really like to change the system. He changes the personnel. But I think he's come to his senses that he probably does need to change the system a little bit. And he has he's done that by making us tough to beat, tough to break down. And I think we're slow. We're slowly starting to see, you know, the goals creeping. You know, the what Ryan Lowe is known for, because I think he's starting to have confidence in these players. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. And Kyle, I also want to mention, you know, it, Ryan Lowe's put down that his style of football is obviously possession-based attacking football. But the last two games have come up against, you know, West Brom and Norwich, who notoriously are two of the big hitters. I know West Brom aren't having the greatest times right now, but I think we've had less than 40% possession in both games. So, yeah. you know, ha has he changed his style? I think he has personally, and it is hard to be, you know. Oh, he's done it like that because it suits his players more like Plymouth, there's the Plymouth squad for League One. It'll always be challenging. Top of the league, Barry's squad. Boss, yeah, I thought that was always going to be a squad that challenged. Whereas, look over this squad with like Jack backing, and he's had to come to like, a different sort of system to help like his three at the back play. And he's done it by like, numerous like less possession and then more counter attacking. With he's moved Brady forward now, which gives Whiteman an easier job because he can get out, he can get forward a lot. Brady ahead of him. Uh, Maguire's now coming to help Reese out because Maguire takes most of the attention off Reese. That of Reese from runs in pockets of space that he didn't have before with Barrett. Um, and then you've got <coughs> Alvaro that's took Brady's position on the left wing. And as soon as Alvaro gets the ball, he looks to move forward as quickly as possible. And in this like, new counter attacking system he's come up with, Alvaro is perfect for something like that because he's like such an easy get out clause because he doesn't look back and he'll just he'll bolt with the ball, he'll try and find football. I like the comp so like there was a compilation that one of the championship podcast made of Alvaro and every single pattern making that came off was a forward pattern to either Whiteman, Reese, and then he looked for a return as well. He didn't just stop, he didn't just halt his run, he carried on and that's like we we could have had a we could have had another goal in the second half through like at, at least another at least another one maybe two goals through Alvaro's runs and like creating chances. We had a ball that went straight across the box that uh, Reese was just slightly behind. Like, and when you've got players that can like suit. And when we got players like us that suit certain styles of play and not others, it's good that he's found a way to dig that style of play out of us because 
it's just going to take us through. Like, we're two points off the playoffs, five points off top of the league, and everyone's out making it like we're having a bad season. Like, we've not had a good season and we've not had a good start, but it's not over. It's nowhere near over. And we we now have seem to have this style that can take you wherever like we want to be. And to be fair, I'd say we want to be in the playoffs. I I agree with him. You know, we we I think say we are in this position come January. That's I think the board need to really start listening to Low and back him in every way possible. Because if we're still in this position, you know, a few points off the playoffs, or if we are in the playoffs, then I think there's a real chance, really, that maybe we can do something, uh, you know, maybe get into the playoffs. But, but that just takes back in. And, you know, I think Ryan Lowe has really done well to adjust to his players, you know, to adjust the, the system. And I think it's very sustainable as well. It's very sustainable and it's very, you know, it's it's flexible, you know. We, we aren't going to dominate the ball, you know, against teams like Norwich and West Brom. They've got better players on paper. It's a fact. But, you know, we are, we are, we are probably going to set up like, we probably are going to set up like that against, you know, those bigger teams that have got better players. And, you know, it, again, it's sustainable. We've, we've proved it with two wins out of the two, you know, big, big teams in the championship and, uh, or whatever you want to call West Brom at this point. Uh, but it, it, it's, I think it's a sustainable and a very flexible system. And I think, you know, that it can take us places. Yeah. And, you know, we have mentioned Alvaro and, you know, uh, going back onto the Alan Brown point, um, you know, he, he, he was linking up well. I can't really remember Brown passing backwards really as well. So they're, they're both, you know, trying to go forward at once and, I, th- I thought Brown was fantastic for the first goal. You know, he came in. He, he was one that really started the attack, which ended up getting Brady down the right hand side. He ended up crossing it with his weak foot to Reece scoring a header. And I mean, I, I don't think Reece has ever scored a header in my life. So in his life, not my life. I, I, he might have done for Randers, but he's definitely not for Preston. It's his first career header, I think. First career header. There we go. So. I think I think Lowe mentioned before it that we aren't to, to suspect any Reese headers headed in goals um, this season. And then you know the next day he goes and scores a header. So hopefully you know Ryan Lowe keeps on putting these superstitions that you know are oh, maybe we won't see Reese do this and then the next game you know goes and do it. I think it's probably because he's worked on that side of his game, though, really. I think Reese probably realises that himself, that he probably needs to adapt and change his style to the championship, you know, because I think even he knows that this season that he's probably, you know, he's probably going to be a little bit more targeted because of his threat. Because he is a threat, he is a goal threat, and he's shown that in the last two games. And I think, you know, he's probably gone, you know what, I probably need to change my game. And, you know, he's probably been working on his headers and, you know, hopefully we can get more out of him in the air because that's always been one of his weak spots. What I love when he scores goals is the confidence he gets, especially in the media. Um, he was he actually said, I'm back. Just uh, those two things. He even said it to Lance Live or the LEP and he just said, I'm back. And it's that confidence that, you know, it gives so much to us supporters, you know, we've got a striker up top who believes in himself in himself and a striker who's gonna score goals. And 
you know, he's probably turned into this striker now this season where Ryan Lowe wants him. Because the goal against West Brom, he's in the area, six-yard area, bang, poaching mentality. You know, first goal against Norwich, header, six, around six-yard box, penalty spot, bang, poacher. And then, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, poacher. So, he's changed his game and he's now scoring in areas where Ryan Lowe will probably want him to score from and want him to be, rather than, you know, doing a couple of mazy runs and scoring from 30 yards, which he can do with that too. So, Reese is a very raw player and he's starting to improve little by little on the things that, you know, were raw and making them an attribute of his. And I think that's really, really exciting as a P&E fan. I know a lot of people write him off, you know, at the start of the season or and said, oh, this might be like a one-season thing, maybe we should have cashed in. But he's, he's, a, real, he's a real goal threat, any Kyle. <laughs> I mean, I was one that did say that. I think we arguably at the time should have cashed in, but if Lowe can get what he well, just got three goals, he just he doubled his goals out against Norwich in half an hour. Like the the like the way he's going about now with Maguire as well. If that's a system that gets him the same amount of goals as last season, then so be it. But like, to be fair, I couldn't see any of this happening. So the fact that we've started off like this again is uh, it's a relief more than anything for me. Yeah, what do you think, Jack? Oh, I mean, I've always been a big, big fan of Emil Reese, and I think he's got so much to give still. You know, <clears throat> he's still only young, I think 23, 24. Yeah, 23, 24. And, you know, there's, I think there's still a lot of untapped, you know, there's still a lot of things untapped within Emil. And I think he's got absolutely everything to succeed at this level. I just, he's very much a confidence player and he's very much someone that you just need to, you just need to give him the service. If you give him the service, he will, he will repay you with goals. And we've seen that in the last two games, three goals in two, like just, and, you know, it's, He's very much a confidence player, and I think, you know, I think it, we would have been very, very stupid if we cashed in on him in the summer because then that leaves us with pretty much no one to score goals up top. And I know Parrot scored. Was Parrot's actually given to him? Yeah, Parrot's was given to him, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know either. It was, Parrot, it was a cross, but it was going on target. So. But the thing is with Parrot, I think he... he he just doesn't have that killer instinct in the box, does he? Just doesn't well, really yeah. have it. He's, and Emil Reese does, but he just he, he just needs to have that confidence within himself. And I believe he, you know, he will kick on now. And I think he will probably get more than ten championship goals this season. Uh, and as it was mentioned earlier on in the pod, that now Maguire's come back into the system, it relieves a lot of you know stress. I'll probably say or. Uh, being double marked for Emil Reese because you could easily see at the start of the season he was just getting marked out of games. And now Sean is coming and he's here doing the dirty work. He was fantastic against West Brom and, you know, he's doing the dirty work now against Norwich and he's, you know, he's winning headers, he's battling for every ball and, you know, he's a real player in this system and I feel like a player of Sean's calibre is vital. You know, 
Cameron Archer did last season. Yeah, he did a bit of the dirty work, but he also scored. Shawnee obviously doesn't have, you know, the same goal scoring attributes as he did when he before his injury. But he's still able to do the dirty work and do all the hard work. And especially if you've got Emil Reese up top who can put the ball in the back of the net with confidence now. You know, it's only it's only a positive to look at it. And another thing that I would say, um, before I'm going off on a tangent, is now, you know, you've got Alvaro Fernandez, who has assisted the the last two of Emil Reese's three goals, you know, one against West Brom and then the second one uh, at Norwich. So mm. they're forming up a partnership. Alvaro Fernandez knows where Emil Reese will be. Emil Reese will know where to be when Alvaro Fernandez <laughs> plays his balls. <clears throat> I feel like Robbie Brady's starting to know that a little bit as well. You know, that was a very good cross on his weak foot for Emil Reese. And I think it's not just down to, you know, the players putting in the cross. You know, it's Emil Reese, his movement, his position, and his, you know, top notch. He's not being man marked out of games. He's being, you know, sort of freed up a little bit because of Maguire. You know, I just want to say about Maguire as well. Ever since he's come back into this lineup for the past two games, I think he's been absolutely sensational. He's not scored, but I think in this system he's, you know, he's allowing Reese to be a bit more expressive, you know, just do what he does. And I think for, for a small man, how he wins headers against like six foot odd defenders is absolutely beyond me because I didn't think I didn't think it was possible. But you know what? Fair enough to him. And he really does do the dirty work and, you know, he does dig in. And I hope that, you know, he gets his goal soon because I think we know there's a, a player in Sean Maguire. We've seen it before and I just I just hope we can see more of him. What do you think, Kyle, of Sean's return? I mean, I think like most, I was a bit sceptical at first for the West Brom game when I saw the team sheet because it is, it is like throwing the kitchen sink at it's like you're finally out of options and he's the last last saving grace. But if he like I think the issue I had with Maguire previously is he looked like he it was a bit lethargic, like he'd just come back from injury and didn't want to get injured again or like he didn't really show anything of like any sort. But he's coming and he, he, he fought for everything away as West Brom. And he might as well have scored for what it was worth because he had a performance good enough without a goal like the the whole the whole idea of him just like doing the dirty doing the dirty work like you said and taking taking all this strain off Reese it helps it helps the squad he's a very he's a very um unselfish player and it'd be nice if he did get a goal every now and again I mean he should have had one against West Brom I don't know how people really got to his head at that but I mean and like I think he's he's a confidence player too, Maguire. So if he did get a goal like Reese had, that kickstart him as well. I mean, what's better than one striker in form? Might as well have two. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, you probably look at the game going into Bristol City on the Wednesday. Um, so tomorrow for when this podcast comes out, there's not many changes you can make to that. Now we've got a winning side. I mean, I said one maybe for um, Norwich, and that'd be Robbie Brady to give him a break. But you, you can't change a winning team. I know, I know. You probably say, "Oh yeah, rotation." But if, if you're winning games, you know, you can't rotate the team if they're winning your games. No, I think is 
obviously Cunningham's not the anymore, is he? How many how many minutes can you actually get out of him before that's, he that's potentially but, the probably the only change, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge but I mean if it doesn't happen tomorrow, it'll probably happen on Saturday. But again, the, like Cunningham has proved his worth as well to him. He's not being a bad defender. He's and he can like get forward from what he showed at his first time at the club when he used to score a lot of goals, get a lot of assists from left back. Uh, another point before I uh, well, I, I bring us on to like the actual game uh, is I saw on Twitter today from uh, the Championship Chat podcast. Um, and it's a statistic that following, you know, our 3-2 win over Norwich City at the weekend, Preston North End have now picked up 55 points in the Championship in 2022. And we are third in the in the statistics of picking up that amount of points. And obviously Luton Town and Sheffield United, the only two who have, you know, picked up more. So... So to that is a statistic and a half. So, you know, we've been we've been just nipping away ever so slightly, doing our thing under the radar, and you know it's coming to fruition, isn't it? I think it's more of credit to you know Ryan Lowe. You know, this is pretty much you know the same squad that Frankie had, really, isn't it? So, um, I think he's just gotten more out of. Everyone has an A, Ryan Lowe, and I think, I think he's really exposed that there is quality in this team to pick up points, to grind out results, etc. And I just think, you know, the quality's always been there, just you've got a manager to get the most out of him. So I think it's a true credit to Ryan Lowe as a manager, and how anyone could ever have doubted him is beyond me. Yeah. Um, he's proven himself and there was a question if he was too stubborn to change his system he's changed that, we've got two wins out of two against West Brom and Norwich away and now we're going into Bristol City tomorrow with high hopes and in the predictions in about 15 minutes I'm going to predict him us to win so uh, you know the confidence is back as fans and you know confidence is clearly shown within the players Moving back onto the game against Norwich, um, obviously there was two massive refereeing decisions. And I think he got one right, and I think he got one very wrong. And this isn't biased at all. It was a foul from Hanley on Story. He was he was throwing him around the box, and I can't understand how Norwich fans are, you know, really throwing about that, you know, it should have stood. I don't but know why he's... He got, what I thought he got wrong was the tackle from Byron on Brown. Oh. How that isn't a red card is beyond me. He's only about eight yards away from it and he's watched him scrape his whole boot down Brown's knee to shin. Like He can't do that. And he stayed on the pitch the rest of the game. I mean, he had a it's... crap game. To be fair, he had a crap game. I'm glad he stayed on. But, I mean, it's a red card of the week. But, I mean, it's like you said, Hanley, that Hanley one as well. Like, why? Why is he even throwing story around our box in the last minute? Whilst he's whilst his teammates about to have a shot. I mean, it's his own fault in the first place. So I don't see why they could be so so annoyed by the decision. They didn't play well enough to get anything out of the game anyway. I mean, I agree, Osborne. Well. I mean, what is Grant Hanley doing? Not really, you, you, he's just cost his team a point, and you know. 
he's manhandling story right and first like sam byron how how that's not a red is beyond me is it's, it's so stupid i don't know he's gone in with his studs you know he's nowhere near the ball nowhere near the ball i mean surely some you can only do do retrospective action if it's assault really isn't it so if, they, if you've hit someone but like sure i don't know how i mean if there was var in the, and i'm not advocating for it but if there was var in the championship that's a red it's a red yeah, all day long yeah if, if there was var in the championship and as you say we're not advocating at all but sam byron would have been walking off the pitch the second he, he scraped his boot all the way down brown's leg so mm -hmm. yeah it was 100 percent a foul and i feel like because when we when we went down one nil i was thinking to myself this could be you know this could this could be a long day at the office here and then, well, then we scored and i was like you know what fair enough fair enough and then we and then we scored to make it 2-1 and then you know confidence is there so you've gone from two minutes the confidence just gone dead flat you know you've just gone to the two norwich are flying in the league and you know your heads are probably going down thinking you know it's going to be one of those days where we get slammed four nil and we, we had the mentality to get back in the game to then go ahead and then to concede late-ish on to then have the mentality to come back and score another i think it's fantastic and it's absolutely, yeah it's it, it gives that I, I'm going to say something here, and I, I might clip it. But we had that dog mentality to win. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but the, you, you know what I mean. Like the mentality that the team has to come back from. Oh, it's not quite it, worked. Yeah. Oh, you, you, why have you got okay. Alvaro, why have you got Alvaro Fernandez as your background? But for, for the audio listeners, Jack's just turned his background into Alvaro Fernandez. Um, that will see me. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the mentality and the bravery we showed on Saturday was, you know, something that we probably might not have seen this season so far, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, they've just seemed a bit negative and a bit flat, especially when, like, if we ever did end up in like a nil-nil position towards the 85th, 90th minute, or like we're one nil down, you do you might as well just go off your seat and go home because they just they like to just randomly pass the ball around the halfway line. They get up the wing where Brady was from time to time, and they just end up going around in that like loop. And you could have played for another 90, 180 minutes on that days, and they wouldn't have scored. And then, Sunday, so it's ridiculous like how they played at first, but it's a it's a massive, massive confidence game, and they've got six points in three days, four goals only conceded two against the top of the league. You can't really predict anything else other than hopefully another win against Bristol City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean going into it against Bristol City. Um, They've not had a winning five, Bristol. They started so, well, you know. I mean, I mean, I've got, I've got a Bristol mate that keeps messaging me saying that they were, they reckons we're going to romp them on um, Wednesday, going to walk all over them, and and to be honest with you, if if this was 
that this podcast was a week ago, I'd be saying the exact same thing to him. So you never know. You never know what Preston's going to turn up on the day or what Bristol's going to turn up. I mean, they've still got Andreas Weiman that's always going to be a threat against us. I mean, uh, Chris uh, Martin always does well. Yeah, Chris Martin's another one. They've got like, Alex Scott in midfield, the youngster. He's really good. I mean, I'm biting my tongue not to play uh, to make a Coldplay joke because I do it every time we, we play against Bristol City. I don't like Coldplay anyway, so. <laughs> oh, dear. I like Coldplay. How, how do you not like Coldplay? Because he's got such a monotone voice and he sings all the songs. Exactly. Oh, not you as well, Jack. There's, just there's a few I like. There's a few like, but I'm not keen on Coldplay. The one of them, I know all the lyrics, but I'll never say I like the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even Paradise. No. Viva La Vida for me. Oh, yeah, so, so, you like, so you like one of the songs? I mean, I, I'd sing to it. <laughs> if it were up. <laughs> right, well, moving on from Chris Martin's <laughs> Viva La Vida, um, hopefully they won't be singing a song come, you know, what, what time will it finish? About 10 o'clock? Probably. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But yeah, a late, late journey back for the fans that do end up going. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> I'll be I'll be watching it on uh, on the telly. Is it is it on red button? Get the dodgy stream. Get the dodgy stream. Dodgy stream. What, what what's a dodgy stream? I don't know anything about a dodgy stream. You want a VPN? Uh, use iFollow. We we definitely use iFollow. Yes, we definitely pay money for that. I do actually, just for a VPN. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So do I as well. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, moving back onto it, you've got PE now, who uh, we mentioned were hard to beat. We've conceded six goals all season in 13 games, which is four less goals than the the, the, the second best defensive uh, record, which is Sheffield United. Uh, I think I've mentioned again. Um, they, they conceded 10. Uh, we've obviously conceded six, but we've only scored seven goals this season, whereas they've scored 21. Um, but Bristol City have conceded 21 goals, but only scored 20. And I think I remember watching very recently um, with Nigel Pearson's Nigel Pearson's interview at the end of the game. I, th- I think it was against um, Birmingham. Yes, it was Birmingham away, and he when he got. F- they got done, I think, 3 0 on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and he was just there, like, saying he's got no, nothing to say. You know, he'll take the blame externally, but internally he'll have a lot of things to say. So, whether or not they come fighting back against us um, on Wednesday will be will be known to see. But the Afro. What, Masengo? Yeah. Like, I swear he's mentioned somewhere that he doesn't like players who run down contracts. And Masengo's not been playing recently, I don't think. He might, I'll double check it now. I'm checking now. No, Was Masengo he... did play. He did play, but he doesn't like players who run down contracts. And he's, he's, only, been in, he's, only, been, he's only been in uh, starting 11 for like 46% of the games, apparently. It's probably the best time to play Bristol City because they've not won in five, but knowing our luck and knowing you know us being all positive on the podcast, 
there'll be a Naki Wells hat trick after he's been linked to PE from the for the fifth summer transfer window in a row. I mean, if if that happens, then I think I'll um, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be I won't be happy. That's the thing. We need a, we needed Callum Robinson back. He just scored at Bristol City away, wasn't he? Oh, he would have loved it. Oh, I was like, I like to go against. Bring back Mackinac. Bring back Mackinac. <laughs> um, no, I think I remember uh, Bristol away. It was the last game of the season, and I remember Daniel Johnson having an absolute masterclass. I'm not sure if it was one, I think it was two seasons ago. Was that the one Maguire chipped the keeper? Yeah, Maguire chipped the keeper, and we were sensational that game. But and we ended think... up finishing like a few points outside the playoffs. Yeah, I've looked through a lot of Bristol City's tweets, and they always go, "Oh, we got Preston next at home, the bogey team," because they seem to do all right when they come up to Deepdale, but the they seem to play horribly when it's at home against Ashton Gate against us. So, fingers crossed that continues, I say. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, they've only beaten us once in, like, the last few years. So, hopefully. Yeah. I'll always remember that real draw at home. Not a mental game, Patrick Bowers. Oh, that free oh yeah, free free at deep, though, weren't it? With Patrick Bowers scoring ahead of... Yeah, that, that was... That was, or was it Reese last minute where he scored like a side volley? Or am I thinking of something no. else? No, that was last season, yeah. Yeah, in a 3 3 where Reese scored. Well, it was like the 90th minute where he was just scored on volley from the edge of the box. Ball draw, where the ball was behind him. That was the two all draw last season. Can I just, can I just say though? There was a can three all. Well, the three all was a lot earlier. Bauer scored in that one. There are, there are, DJ. DJ got a penalty. When that was an occurrence, every game I'll that. I'll tell you what, because DJ has not been starting recently. Who takes pens? Reese. 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 Rivard yeah. out for me. Get the goal tally up, stat pad him. I, I know I know Ben Whiteman used to take him to Doncaster. He took it one how many is Ben Whiteman taking it? Do you take one and miss one? He hit the post, didn't he? No wall pass up there. It were a night game, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, hit the post. Got back about three in the morning the nil nil draw. Nice. Yeah. Wait, hold on. There might have been uh, Reading he took one against. I swear, I swear Reese has taken one, hasn't he, and scored. Reese, Reese scored against Luton. The penalty and Millsborough. And Millsborough, yeah. Yeah, so he scored both of his penalties. So, yeah, you probably look towards Reese. He, he don't piss her out. He, just, he just smashes it, doesn't he? No message from Reese, just bang. Oh, wait, Ben Whiteman, didn't he take a penalty against Red? It was in that nil nil draw against Red, I swear it was. And he hit well, the post. Millwall away. No, I was Millwall away. Millwall away. I swear he took one against Reading. No, because I can... God, it, 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 it took a bobble at Millwall and it hit the post. To be fair, he couldn't have hit it any better. But... Oh, wait, never mind. Lucas Zhao missed a penalty that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but going to Bristol City, um, I'll get on to predictions now. Um, what are you what, what are you both predicting for the game against Bristol? Uh, I'll come to you first, Kyle. I think it'll be a very pagey game, like two teams just sussing each other out first half in general. And then second half, I think 
we'll get a bit more of an attacking threat down each wing. I reckon we'll sneak a 1 0 and I'll put Reese on the score. Who? Reese to score for me. 1 0 Reese. Yeah, 1 0 Reese. Jack, are you going to follow in uh, the footsteps of a 1 0? I am going to go for a win. I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. We'll score in, it, in both halves. And I think Emil Reese and. I don't know. Got a feeling Ben Whiteman might score. Okay. Okay. Don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go 3 1. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What, do you say wow to a 3 yeah. 1? Yeah. 3 1. Uh, Reese Brace, I reckon he'll score 5 in 3 because he's, he's back and he said he's back. Um, and I've got a feeling that Alan McCann's Alan McCann's gonna score. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give McCann. I, I did have a sneak I did have a sneaky feeling that he might, but I don't know why I just got a feeling about Whiteman. Alvaro Fernandez, two assists tomorrow. Two assists. Right, we're getting we're getting, we're getting, okay, we're trying to predict the future, really. You were, you heard it here first on the Bot Five podcast. You know what? If it happens, fair enough. No, I forget my bet slips, sorry, aren't I? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, I t- don't be back in Preston because we'll lose. I always do. Uh, why? No, as long as we had a crap start to the season. Start of the oh, season. Yeah. Able, we'll, 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 we lost either way whether our batters or not, so I just started doing it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unless you boys have got anything else to add, um, we'll move into the Bri- well, we'll move into the Bristol City game. Um, and the Sheffield United, well, fact, no, not Sheffield United. We've got Bristol City on Wednesday, Stoke City at home on Saturday, and we will record a podcast covering them both on Monday. Um, because I don't think there'll be enough to Blackpool next, next Saturday. Oh, yeah, sold out. A one, big right? one, sold, sold out. out. You going, Kyle? No, Kyle, uh, fair enough. Same, I'm in the same boat. So, last season. Big, big game. <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure if they're going to do a screen at Deepdale or something because obviously there's quite a lot and that's been spoken if about. There is I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll find out sooner rather than later though mm. about that. But uh, yeah, unless you got boys have got anything else to add, it's another episode of the Butterfly Podcast wrapped up. That's good to me. Yeah, sounds good. good. You're looking very blue, Kyle. Yeah, well, the, the, the sun's starting to We feel it's lights on <laughs> well anyway cheers listeners for listening once again to uh, the Butterpie Podcast make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at the Butterpie Pod and make sure you check out our TikTok because I'll be posting uh, little snippets of these episodes for, for obviously the listeners to interact with and see our lovely faces on so yeah Um, cheers once again guys and we will see you next Tuesday Mm -hmm. cheers guys cheers mate